It's Tuesday, June 18th, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we're joined by Christy Mack Seegers, who is our Vice President of Domestic Services. And outside of domestic services, we deal with foster care and we deal with domestic adoption, but we also deal with birth mother ministry. And I know that even last week we explored a little bit on the podcast about some of these abortion laws that we have seen uh, go out, especially throughout the southeastern states. We had the heartbeat bill in Georgia and in Louisiana, and then we had an outright abortion ban in the state of Alabama, which Mm -hmm. is where Lifeline is headquartered. And so as a part of some of this legislation, both positive towards the pro-life movement, but also stuff like we've seen happen in New York and Massachusetts that is very negative and and very pro-abortion, Christy Mack re-released a blog that was entitled, What If Abortion Became Illegal? And so today we really want to talk about how the church can be more than just pro-birth, but can truly enter into a place of being pro-life. And so even as a part of that discussion that we've had internally here at Lifeline, we as a ministry will be releasing a book on July 31st of this year, July 31st, 2019, entitled Image Bears, talking about how we can shift from being just pro-life to being truly or from being pro-birth to being truly pro-life. And so today we really want to explore what Lifeline's birth mother and pregnancy counseling ministry does and how you as listeners can get involved. And then one of the first ways we want to invite you during this podcast to get involved is on Giving Day. In two days, Lifeline will have our second annual Giving Day. It's on June 21st, and Lifeline's birth mother ministry is one of the three ministries that donors can impact on Thursday, June 21st, as you give to mobilize your resources for the kingdom through Birth Mother Ministry. And so we are we are looking to raise $100,000, mm-hmm. and $40,000 of that will specifically go towards our Birth Mother Ministry. And so before we start uh, with our discussion with Christy Max Seegers, I also want to let you know that starting in July, the Defender Podcast is going to have a new format. And so we will be releasing the Defender Podcast once a week. It will be on Wednesdays. We will release it. And if you've enjoyed our Monday Bible study and Mm -hmm. call to prayer, we're actually going to be shifting that to a different podcast. And so we will give you information. You can look in show notes on how to also subscribe to that Monday Bible study. But the Defender Podcast will just be on Wednesdays. It'll be a longer format with interviews and topics that we will tackle. And so please be looking for that new format starting in July. so Christy Mack, thanks for joining us. And and like we said, you you recently republished this blog entitled What If Abortion Became mm-hmm. Illegal? And and you talk about these differences between pro birth and pro life. Tell us the distinction between the two. Mm. Yeah, thanks. I I think I wrote this blog just really out of conviction um, of just what the Holy Spirit had really been doing in my own life of really um, seeing that. Um, I, I was having this negative attitude towards many of the people who are in the abortion clinics and are making some of the decisions for some of the negative laws that we were seeing and some of those kinds of things and and really seeing that um, I too was once like them, right? I had been made a new creation and um, 
and wanting to really see myself and the church as a whole really engage this from, yes, a political place, because we need to do that, but also from a real relational um, ministerial place. Um, And so I I think when we look at pro-birth versus pro-life, I think pro-birth is really just wanting to save that baby, which we absolutely want to do. Um, But pro-life is seeing that baby as valuable and made in the image of God, but it's also seeing that woman as valuable and made in the image of God. And it's also seeing that child and that woman way past the birth, many years past the birth, as still valuable and made in the image of God. Mm. And, And even as we talk about that, I know there's a lot of even misconceptions that people have about women that are choosing abortion Mm. and and in a lot of ways we villainize the women that are choosing abortion and 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 certainly this is not trying to say that they are completely innocent in these choices right but they are placed in some of these positions where there really isn't anyone wrapping around them and so Talk a little bit about some misconceptions that people have of these women and why they are choosing abortion. Yeah, I think this was one of the most eye-opening things for me is when I started really looking at data and surveys that are out there, even surveys by the Guttmacher Institute, which is somebody that really supports Planned Parenthood as far as why women are choosing mm. abortion. Um you, you, it's most of it is um, some relationship mm-hmm. dynamics, maybe with a father or with family. A lot of it is them really not wanting to bring a child into a tough situation that they are already experiencing. Mm-hmm. So many times we, we look at the, the smaller percentages that, that maybe seem more controversial, right? Mm-hmm. But th- some of the bigger, really main reasons are them not wanting to bring a child into a tough situation, and they truly do not feel equipped to parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we can look at that and understand the heart and the why behind that in in a little bit of a sick twisted way they are actually considering the child Mm. that they are carrying and not wanting to bring that child into a situation that they don't feel like they're going to be able to provide for that child and so when we can understand her heart in that and really get to the why and listen to her heart and not come with all solutions and and come with a spirit of humility, then we're able to, to hear that why and to offer other options that kind of meet those goals and meet those whys. Mm. And, and really a lot of that is with the sexual revolution of the 60s, mm. that abortion has almost become that abstinence where absence needs to be. Right. Absence is where you need to consider, am I fit to be a parent? Right. Am I fit to take care of a child? If not, I don't need to have get into the action That's right. that could potentially bring me to a place of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But instead, we've had to shift that to now you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, and the only way you can do that is by the pro-choice movement mm. delegitimizing the, the ability to thrive of the infant and the mm. baby and to, to say it's a clump of t- cells or, or it's, a, it's you know, a clump of tissues or it's a fetus That's as right. opposed to calling it a life. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the, the things that I heard, I heard Al Mohler saying even a couple of weeks ago on his podcast, mm. The Briefing, he said when a mom is pregnant, she doesn't tell all of her friends. Like she just had the pregnancy test. She's six weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. She doesn't go around and look and say, guess what? I'm having a clump of cells or <laughs> guess what? I'm going to have a fetus. Mm-hmm. She says, guess what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a baby. That's right. But in order to move that 
that decision to to even make it a bold decision as those in the pro-choice movement would like to say Mm -hmm. you have to move the decision from abstinence into now I'm pregnant yes and so that's a big thing that we have to do as the church is not stop preaching abstinence to our children that's right to those in our youth ministry to to having even a sexual ethic that Mm -hmm. starts in in elementary school and that we're having this discussion Mm -hmm. and not just making you know, sex something that's scary, yes. but also making it something that's beautiful. You know, I, I remember when mm-hmm. we were talking to our children, we talked to about that sex was something that was beautiful, mm-hmm. like a fire in a fireplace. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the moment that the fire got out of the fireplace, mm-hmm. it was dangerous. Yeah. It's beautiful in its context. It's dangerous when it's taken outside right. of its context. And so, you know, that's just a big thing that we have to do is to remember that we've got to first start with something, but then also understand that a lot of these pregnant women never got that. That's right. And so we've got to come alongside of them and love on them. And and I know that uh, a presidential hopeful, Kamala Harris, who's currently United States Senator in California, she said this, uh, speaking out against the bill in Alabama mm. that we just recently passed here. She said, those folks down in Alabama who are doing this, these are the same folks who, by the time the baby is born, they couldn't care less. Mm. What are they doing to support that mother and what she needs in the terms of prenatal help? They're not doing a thing, but they're trying to tell women what to do with their bodies, and we're going to tell them a thing or two. Mm. And so even as we look at that, you talked about in the blog post that if abortion became illegal, that we would be ecstatic, Mm -hmm. but that we would also fear that the church would not be ready. And and in a sense, this is what Kamala Harris is saying, Mm. the church is not ready, those that are pro-life are not ready. So what do we need to do so that we aren't unprepared Mm. if Roe v. Wade is truly reversed? Yeah. Yeah. What a day that would be for sure. Um, and I, I think you mentioned that this was kind of a re-release of a blog post. And, and I wrote it several years ago um, when all the videos were coming mm. out about the body parts being sold through Planned Parenthood. And and I want to first say how encouraged I am to see how much I feel movement has been done in the church and in the body of Christ to be more prepared Mm -hmm. for the day that we hope comes very soon Um, in that they really have begun to step up in a lot of different ways from um, being engaged in foster care Mm -hmm. and recruiting foster families and getting foster families engaged because the reality is is some of these women, if they are not equipped to parent, then that child may end up in the foster care system. And Mm -hmm. so we want to be ready as a church to have gospel-centered, mission-minded foster families ready to answer that call. Um, And I've seen a lot of that happen. But I think what we also want to be ready for is to not ever feel like we need to be in a position to pressure a woman into parenting if that's not what she's equipped to do because we don't want children going into the foster care system. So we want to be equipped and ready to talk to her about other life-affirming options like adoption, be able to talk to her about those things and give her um, good resources and be able to refer her to to community places like Lifeline or other places, gospel-centered ministries that are able to serve her. And then if she does choose parenting, being able to wrap around her. Mm. And so churches, we've been able to see churches create support groups um, that really are targeted specifically for women in unexpected pregnancies that are able to just wrap around her and help her see that Mm. they're going to be there regardless of what decision 
decisions she makes. Um, we've been able to see churches um, create mentors to where even when Lifeline is serving a woman um, and and she really, we, our goal is to connect her to the local body of Christ who can really continue to pour into her. And so churches can have mentorship programs to where we're able to send women to the local mm-hmm. church who are then able to pour into them way better than we ever could um, because we know the church will be around forever. Um, and so there's lots of other op- opportunities like that that churches can get engaged in and be prepared for, for, for that day. Yeah, and, and I think how important it is in something that you say that we do not shy away from adoption as an option right. for a woman in a crisis pregnancy. That's right. And it's not uh, the easy way out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a hard way out. It is difficult. It um, is. But it's life-affirming, and it's important. And there are so many families that are ready to stand by. And I know even mm-hmm. as we had the opportunity to testify on behalf of, of Alabama's bill, one of the things that we were bringing to the testimony is how many families right. would be willing to take care of children with Down syndrome, children with right. cerebral palsy, children with a learning disability, drug babies, or just babies in general right. who were born. These are not unwanted children. <laughs> but one of the things that I think we have to we have to understand as well is we have to be able and be willing to talk about adoption, even if we don't know a whole lot about it. That's right. There's a lot of misinformation about adoption, mm-hmm. but the th- truth of the matter is that doesn't stop us from helping other people in other realms just because we don't know everything about a subject. That's right. We get them to the place where they need to find out the information. But sometimes I feel like in this place, somebody learns that a, a mom can't parent. That's right. They know they don't want her to abort, mm-hmm. but they don't know what to say about adoption. That's right. They don't take her somewhere to get some good information about adoption. So they just start on a huge campaign to try to get her to parent. That's right. So talk a little bit about how does Lifeline's birth mother ministry come alongside of women in unplanned pregnancies and what are some talking points mm-hmm. that people can have to just even begin that dialogue with a woman about adoption? Yeah, yeah. I, I love talking about this because I think I think you're so right that we so often will just pressure towards parenting. And I think any time that any of us are faced with a, a big decision in our life, right, mm-hmm. then w- the wise thing to do is to know what all of our options are, to weigh the pros and cons of all of those options. It, something as simple as, as shopping for a car or shopping for a house, right? We we look at our options. Mm-hmm. We, we understand and we weigh our pros and cons. And I think those that's kind of the attitude that we want to approach these women with is not that we have all the answers mm-hmm. but come with that spirit of humility and slow to speak mm-hmm. <laughs> um, quick to listen and and hear kind of her heart and her why behind considering abortion being scared to parent all of those kinds of things and just simply help her really think through the pros and cons in an unexpected pregnancy no option is is an easy option, right? There's going to be loss and grief with all of those. If she chooses parenting when she wasn't ready to parent, there's going to be a lot of loss and a lot of grief associated with that. Loss of maybe her life goals, loss of potentially a relationship, loss of a lot of different things. Um, same with adoption. There's going to be some loss um, involved in that. Um, but there's also pros to both. And so when we're talking to women, we just want to be able to help her think 
think through both of those, but we do want to know good information about both options. In adoption, one of the things that we've been able to to help women understand is is you're getting to choose a parent. Um, And so when a church sees a woman in unexpected pregnancy, she can send those women to Lifeline as we do, like you said, have waiting gospel-centered families that she's able to choose from. So when she knows that she's able to choose a family, she's also able to choose the level of openness that she desires. She's able to continue with letters and pictures of getting to know that child, seeing that child grow up, even having visits, annual visits, sometimes more than that. And so being able to just help her see that adoption is not giving up or giving away a child, but it's making a loving plan for a child. A good mother makes a plan for her child, right? That may be a parenting plan. It may be an adoption plan. Um, but if you, if you, when women do get referred to us and we're able to counsel her, then we go into more depth there with that options counsel and help her really think through all of her options, weighing those pros and cons, and then we just we share the gospel in word and deed with her. We hold her hand. We disciple her through that and help her develop that plan, choosing those families. And we're there for a lifetime for her. And I know you and I have talked about this even recently. Is this whole deal, too, with right now you have, and, and, and this is not necessarily slamming attorneys mm. or private uh, adoption or yes. placement. But you have right now birth mothers, for whatever reason, right. who have misinformation about agencies. Mm-hmm. And, and then what we're seeing, even in real time, is you have women that are going to attorneys. They're placing and right. their children. They're doing these private placements with attorneys. And then we're seeing these women on our doorstep because maybe the money that they were given mm-hmm. or the promises that they were given were not kept. That's right. Because at some place, that attorney has to have a side that he's advocating for. Mm-hmm. And the adoptive parent is usually going to win. That's right. We've been talking about this internally, mm-hmm. but, but say it externally. Yeah. What is the difference between a lifeline adoption and an mm-hmm. agency or ministry sphere mm-hmm. versus a private adoption. Yeah, yeah. So in a lifelong adoption, the the woman is assigned um, a pregnancy counselor who is her advocate to hold her hand and walk her through that process to actually provide this options counsel so that she is truly thinking through her options before she ever even gets to the point of choosing a family and getting matched with a family. If she gets matched with a family early on in the process before she's actually thought through that, then she feels a lot of pressure towards that adoptive parent Mm. to go ahead and move forward with an adoption plan when maybe she has decided she feels like she could parent. Um, Oftentimes, also with um, attorneys or or other places, there may be a lot of um, financial provision provided to the birth parent. And sometimes that's there's a real need for that. But sometimes it can be done in a way that does not set her up for long-term success. Um, and so it, it puts this added pressure on her to make a plan that maybe is not what she's feeling is in the best interest. And so with Lifeline, she has a pregnancy counselor that's kind of her advocate who is without pressure, um, their their paycheck mm. and their um, their decisions are not impacted by her decision, mm. and so they're able to really just pour into her and help her and empower her to make a, a life affirming choice that she feels confident in. 
also the adoptive parent has their own advocate who is equipping them, educating them. One of the things, one of the ways that we serve our women the best is by offering well-equipped, educated families that they're able to choose from. And so we, we have this holistic ministry. And, and I think so often we, when I, I, I'm a very solution-focused, I like mm. to fix problems. And so when somebody comes to me with something, I, I want to offer a solution really quickly. Um, but oftentimes that's not the best thing for me to do. And I think one of the things that I've seen happen, even in churches sometimes, is they may encounter a woman in an unexpected pregnancy, and then they may also know a family in their church who is struggling with infertility and, and is considering adoption. And so that they kind of make this, this, I guess, indirect match in that way. But, but what happens in that situation is that adoptive parent and that birth mother does not have anybody kind of holding their hand and supporting them. And there's also no one kind of in the middle mediating and navigating that. And so Lifeline's able to provide all of those things, that mediation, that, that navigating, the facilitating, and that kind of hand holder on both sides. Yeah. And so as, as we kind of think through this, too, there's such a practical way that as a church, they can come alongside of these women as well. And that's one of the things mm-hmm. we're trying to do with our birth mother ministry is to enable the local church also yes. to minister to these women. Yes. Both women on the other side of the postpartum ward that have chosen to parent, that's but right. also women who have chosen to adopt. So what are just some practical ways, not with photo ops or, or something <laughs> to put on social media, but some right. practical down in the in the grassroots ways that the church can come alongside of women mm-hmm. who have chosen life. Yes. I think creating um, small groups and support groups um, where you are partnering with um, Lifeline or your local pregnancy center that provides an opportunities for women in unexpected pregnancies to really get engaged in the church and that and also creating mentor opportunities. And this is something that Lifeline can really provide some consultation and training to churches in, in how to do some of these things, how to create a mentorship, how to create some of these groups so that they have a place to be plugged in and so that they get a mentor who is really able to walk with them um, regardless of the decision that they make. Um, And then I would say also just really ensuring that um, that that child care workers and um, kind of the whole church understands um, the need to to come at this from a very um, place of humility, from a place of um, even a trauma-informed approach. Um, Many of these women are coming very broken. And I think for churches and and everyone to understand that that quite honestly, you may have a lot of these women in your church already, (laughs) and you may not even have to reach out. Um, As a matter of fact, one in three women who had an abortion were actively attending church at the time. Um, And so I think even just being cautious in the way that we speak about abortion, absolutely talking truth about it, but also talking about the grace and forgiveness that comes from Christ. Right. And so one last question, Christian, Matt, but before we do, we do want to just remind you uh, that coming up on June 21st is Lifeline's second annual giving day. 
And so this is a 24-hour period from midnight to midnight that we focused on raising funds that are necessary to continue the gospel work of caring for vulnerable children and families. And so this podcast is actually a part of Giving Day. And we want to encourage you to get ready for June 21st and this Giving Day that's coming up just in three days on Friday, June 21st. We're asking everyone to consider making a meaningful gift on June 21st to the important ministries of Lifeline. And as we said, $40,000 of our $100,000 goal on June 21st is specifically mm-hmm. for Lifeline's birth mother ministry. And so some of the things that we are, are looking to impact include uh, what's happening in Dallas-Fort Worth mm. with some of our crisis pregnancy center ministry in Florida, where we're really seeing a lot of women unserved. And then with our CARES, which is a, an advertising to be able to reach women in crisis pregnancies. And so please participate and look for ways that you can participate in Lifeline's Giving Day. We'll be promoting that on email and social media. And today, to get ready, you can go ahead and go to lifelinechild.org backslash giving day. That's lifelinechild.org backslash giving day. And so Christy Mack, just as we close, how will that those gifts that are given mm. on June 21st really impact this ministry that Lifeline is doing on behalf of these birth mothers? Mm. This it will help us truly be able to reach these women. Most of these women who are in unexpected pregnancies are searching for answers and solutions on the internet. Um, and, and they are finding answers and solutions that are not gospel focused. And so we want to be at the forefront when they are searching for these solutions. We want them to see us, to be able to find us so that we can speak truth to them about who they are and who Christ is. Um, and many of the ways, many of the places that we are seeing this happen the most is exactly where you said, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, the Florida area. And so when we're able to 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 be able to reach these women through online searches, then we're able to reach them before the world reaches them. And then the truth of the matter is we need to to be able to have more staff in these areas. That's right. Because even as we look at not just Dallas-Fort Worth and Texas and Florida, mm-hmm. but here in Alabama That's and right. Mississippi and South Carolina and North Carolina where, and Tennessee where we're re- reaching out to these women, if we aren't available, That's right. these women are going somewhere else. That's right. And, and these children are being placed in homes where they're not going to see and hear That's the right. gospel. That's right. And so we have to be there and be ready to receive these women so for no other reason that we're able to point them to the matchless grace of Christ Jesus. That's right. So we can think of no better way to kick off the first day of summer, June 21st, than for you to join us as partners and friends who to desire to see the glory of God displayed through adoption, family restoration, and orphan care, and to support for the body of Christ. So join us on Giving Day 2019. Again, that's Friday, Jan- June 21st. 2019, you can visit lifelinechild.org backslash giving day. And the three buckets uh, that we are looking for, we've already said $40,000 for birth mother ministry. We're raising $40,000 for our Hope Adoption Fund to assist families who need financial assistance in their adoption journey. And then $20,000 for our orphan strategic orphan care ministry unadopted. So please join us this Friday from midnight to midnight for Lifeline's Giving Day. You can visit again, lifelinechild.org, Giving Day. 
Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.